Right, we've got Simon Mulvaney from Save the Bees Australia, his website bethecure.com.au. And Simon has just wrapped up a protracted legal dispute with Capilano Honey. You'll find information on our website beyondinfinity.com.au about that. I wanted to move to uh, what I thought was really interesting about all this, and this was Simon's very effective use of, of social media because don't forget, he was taking on, uh, I think, one of the largest honey companies in Australia in the form of Capilano Honey, which is now known as Hive and Wellness Australia. You know, instead of having his own in-house legal team or uh, or access to top flight lawyers, you know, charging it sort of 500 bucks an hour, whatever they work on more, Simon was able to crowdfund and get a lot of pro bono support for what he did. You gave me some numbers. Uh, we talked off air about this, Simon. Facebook, 103,000 followers and Instagram 47,000 and change.org which is a website that allows you to do petitions and stuff just on food labeling on honey you had uh, 200,000 yeah 220,000 uh, 220,000 signatures and um, that's been a really powerful useful one yep and I know with Baruli, there was a petition that you had, which got, I think, about 18,000 names on it within just a matter of days of you posting it. And that was against the proposed fogging of the of the Southern Peninsula, which was a pretty hot issue. A lot of people were concerned about beehives and uh, their veggie patches and effect on their children and all that sort of stuff. So, And that was stopped as a result of that. Yeah. Well, partly as a result of that campaign. And there was a big town hall meeting and stuff. So you've been really good at doing this and i think just another example of what you've done you told told me a little bit about a petition on telstra which is making bee survival a priority for for a big corporation like telstra and this was to do with the the pits that they were digging for telstra quite often um like it's a, a natural thing for bees to multiply they swarm they go out scouting for a new home and one of the common places they'll move into is underground pits um, it's probably nice, cosy and warm down there. Um, and so Telstra pits end up being like a, a, a swarm trap for bees. Mm. And so they'll move in there and then when you do notify Telstra about it, they'll send out generally a pest controller yeah. and he'll just kill the bees. Mm. And one lady contacted me last week. She was in Geelong. She said, can you send a beekeeper out, please? There's bees in the Telstra box. A pest controller came out and she loved the bees that were out and she was terribly upset and sent me a, quite an emotional letter. And so I've aimed that petition at Telstra. And within two days, like I, I think it's up to maybe three or 4,000 signatures, but it's, it's probably had 100,000 views. But I've been receiving internal emails going around Telstra from whistleblowing people telling me that it, it's hit them and, and hopefully soon they'll make an announcement and change that strategy. But it, it, for me, it, it seems so logical that you would use a beekeeper and you know that I've been providing that service down here for for you know before i even started save the bees yeah um where i'd go and remove bees from compost bins or walls yep. of houses and the and peninsula is quite a good place for bees isn't it there's quite a good variety of bees and stuff down here it's like a bit of a hot spot for healthy bee populations yeah i think being a peninsula is really helpful in mm. terms of good air um, around it and yeah clean air um mm. you've got a, a variety of plants and indigenous and mm. exotic plants yeah. and and we don't have a big commercial beekeepers coming through right. because 
because we are on a peninsula so we don't get a lot of the diseases you might get somewhere else mm. so to call exterminators in when you could be getting a local beekeeper is you're just contaminating the environment really good to influence a corporation like telstra and this is one of the things that you know you've done so successfully is that you've actually raised awareness about you know how amazing this little little creatures bees are and and we kind of take them for granted and they've always been there but they're actually pretty vital and they're also a bit of a barometer about what we're doing to our planet we've talked about this and, and there's plenty of stuff that you've posted elsewhere and and, on, and with me when we've interviewed you over the years about about bees and about the importance of bees but but things like you know having to hand pollinate crops of nuts and things and almonds and stuff in china because they haven't got any bees to do it because it's too polluted on their bees have all died mm. you know reduction in population and the health of, of bee colonies in north america in europe certain diseases that have affected them possible links between chemical fungus uh, fungicides and herbicides glyphosate um, and neonicotinoids yep. yep and there was that that white stuff that, that was used to be used for leaf curl and stuff Comfortor. Uh, Comfortor, that's, that's been banned, hasn't it? Yeah. As has glyphosates. Um, well, no, they, you can still get your Roundup and glyphosate at, at Bunnings. Can um, you? And, um, but they have removed Comfortor, which is great. And so you won't get that. Yeah, I think you can buy it. It's not illegal. You can... But I think even so, I mean, just the fact that people that people have become aware that that there are risks associated with using, you know, particularly on a sort of commercial level, you know, where and I think there was a, an example of a guy who got a massive payout uh, from a big chemical company in America. He was a groundskeeper, I think, and uh, he was using a lot of glyphosate with it, you know, the backpack, spraying it regularly for, for for years and years. That was his job. He got cancer and I think died. His family are going to going to receive some of those proceeds of, of his big payout, but. It's just, I guess what, what interests me is that social media so often is just full of trivial stuff. You know, we know about this and we've talked about it, that Facebook is a thing that, that often actually makes people unhappy. We've talked about this in other forums on, on our program, Beyond Infinity, about how Facebook can make people unhappy because they're sort of they're comparing themselves. It's, it's what Facebook's about. It's, it's, it started out that way. It was, it was actually comparing the way people look. Well, I think, uh, oh, so yeah, it, was always, it was always kind of got a shallow side to it. Using social media for a positive reason, you know, for a positive purpose, which is to get a message out there and to overcome the normal barriers to entry of, of being able to you know, put something out there. You know, previously, to be able to reach a global audience, you, know, you had to buy very, very expensive radio or TV or, or press coverage. You, know, you had to pay for it. And now there, there has been a, big, been a big democratization of that process and podcasting is part of it, you know, that, that, that uh, stuff can go out there. The listeners to our program, the vast majority of them are overseas. Mm-hmm. The biggest country for, for our program is America. And then, then I think it's Britain, Canada. Australia might be second, then Britain, Canada. So the English-speaking world, but but well beyond our shores. And the same thing with the people who you're talking to as well, who are, yeah, who are supporting and, and, your causes. And yeah, out of the 200,000 that um, sign my petition about food labelling, a mm. lot of them come from overseas too. And, mm. and, and yeah, it's, it's beautiful the way it's galvanised us. Mm. It was funny, uh, you, you probably know a little bit about my life. I don't know if the people um, listening do, but I have been a single father, tragically lost Georgina a few years ago Oscar's mum and I was in a sort of lonely space when I started getting onto social media and not many of my friends were into insects Mm. and so for me it was a real savior to be able to connect with similar people and so my initial 
uh, entry into social media was a, nearly a love affair with like-minded people around the world. Mm. As you've sort of mentioned with your own podcast, I've noticed with social media, those people that are authentic, they start to, you know, like a magnet attract an audience and uh, i think uh, my joy in my heart for the bees was contagious and um and that's how i built my numbers up yeah tell us a little bit about that because i think there's a lot of people out there who, who would be interested to know how you've got to these sort of numbers you know 103,000 supporting you on or following you on facebook and, and instagram 47,000 200,000 signing that uh, food labeling on honey on change.org that petition there and other petitions you've done and and lobbying telstra to clean up their act with uh, wild beehives and stuff that they come across how do you do it you're listening to beyond infinity thanks for listening remember to visit our program website beyondinfinity.com.au where you'll find our complete back catalog of over 600 podcasts that's beyondinfinity.com.au well, this is interesting. A skincare company approached me last year saying they would like me, they'd like to help the bees out. They want to support Save the Bees Australia, use the logo. Right. And I said, well, you're going to have to source your products from the right people. And they said, can you give me an example of who? I said, well, some of the best honey in Australia at the moment or is the Manuka honey that's coming out of that Byron Bay region and maybe you source your honey from Australian manukas and then the propolis there's someone doing native bee propolis in in Brisbane so I've really helped them form their own product from from start to finish that is all due to the connections I've been able to make through social media I've thought about it in the past there's a couple of things that the sort of more traditional people would say i had a lawyer say to me once like you're i can't even believe you're on facebook there's just so much crap on it and i said well if you read moby dick on facebook would it be any different if you read moby dick as a book i said it's the words that matter and the fact that it's shit will it will make quality rise to the top more and another funny thing for me as a younger child and um, and even going through year 12, I, I, people ask me, what do you want to do? And I'd say, I'd want to be a writer. And everyone said, but you can't write. Your writing's crap. Even now you might find spelling mistakes in, in what I put up, but it's the effectiveness that I'm more worried about, yeah. wanting to share what, what my core... It sounds to me like you're really saying you've got to be genuine about this. In your case, there was a genuine passion for bees. And that was something that was contagious. That was something that people people connected with through social media. There's definitely a recipe as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny, I saw someone I follow who constantly has viral videos and that she was begging people, don't go to these companies that sell you a social media package and don't say that you need a slow build-up. She said, I'm told that it was a fluke, my first viral video, and then it goes on to, but now I've had... 156 viral videos or or whatever Mm. um, with billions of views and so there is a recipe there you ought be listening to someone who has achieved that rather than someone who offers you a package but's never done anything so this is something this is someone who you've taken some lessons from you've you've listened to what they've done and you've taken that on board as far as your own campaigning 
I was really interested in the the vegan movement. I had a, a brief time with a um, girlfriend that was vegan mm. and she showed me a couple of people that she'd been following mm. and I saw that a couple of the videos were getting 500,000 views. I, I thought that was interesting. And one weird thing that I did was I was looking into veganism and I had a lot of questions that didn't make sense so i would go on to vegan chat rooms and ask these curly questions that i couldn't work out like what do you feed your pet dog and cat and they would have these intense arguments and sometimes i would get personal and attack each other and in the end this girl said to me well simon um you shouldn't have any pets because you of google earth you i can see where you live you've got possums in your tree you've got rock pools down the fish in the rock pool you can observe and, and the possums and i thought what a great answer so i didn't end up getting a, a cat or a dog mm. but then i looked at her profile she had two great danes and <laughs> she said well i'm more awoke now than i was or something oh. there is a recipe there and so i i'm actually toying with doing a couple of lessons on the peninsula for people who want to learn how to use Instagram and Facebook. Whether what, like it's kind like, of seminars, tutorials? Yeah, I, I think I'd do, like I'm used to doing group talks about bees and how to beekeep. Mm. But I just can see some shocking mistakes being made by people putting them up. There was actually a company wanting me to share one of their posts yesterday and they didn't know how to tag correctly. They they didn't have their hashtags right. Yep. Particularly with a GoFundMe, I might, might get, you know, every two weeks someone asks me to share their GoFundMe and I know within two seconds whether by looking at it, it's going to work. And so hashtags are important. So, so when you post anything, whether it's a podcast, the metadata that goes with a podcast, when we do it through SoundCloud, SoundCloud, we have to use hashtags. And usually they're keywords that directly relate to what you taught, the subject matter, the topics that are being covered. They are what the search engine uses when it's scanning the, you know, the, all the different search results and ranking them. And this is where those tags that you put on are really important. So can you give us a, a few little tips about how to use good tags? Because I know it is important and not everyone does it right. In um, fact, very few people get it right. It was funny, a couple of my early viral articles, if you did type in Capilano honey because of the hashtags there, well, Save the Bees was obviously one that, that I use a lot, that hashtag, and, and Be the Cure. But that what would happen was, you're right, the Google search engine would pick up those hashtags. And there was something like 70, if you typed in Capilano honey 76 of my articles in a row or something came up and the, the it was just incredible with how it worked in that way the use and you you mentioned tribe but the use of influences mm. is so just just to just to give a little bit of background on what that is and this is where we were talking about those numbers you know that's the 103 followers on facebook that simon has well there are companies and, and there's not the there's not the only one but it's an australian one tribegroup.co is their website and they match products people are wanting to sell things it's like product placement basically on on a tv show it's like you know okay you you're an influencer you've got a following brands can now use you to push their products because you've got this following and you're going to influence those people and what you do what you surround yourself with i think it was a skincare product and they paid one of the kardashians um, literally a million dollars to do a 20 second video 
of her using this this well, product. I think it's even more and, and apparently the person, this this Aussie guy who paid that money, said that was the best million dollars he'd ever spent on marketing. It worked really, really well. I'm I'm glad you say that because there's a few. There's like a community in Byron Bay that um, have been really helpful in supporting me, mm. and I look at a couple of the girls in that group, mm. and they all help each other out by sharing each other's stuff. Mm. They've got 150,000, 200,000, 300,000 followers. Incredibly powerful. Mm. They've also got a conscience, so they're looking for authentic things to to share. Mm. And I, I think the old media just hate it because they... Well, they've been wiped out by it. You know, the, the demise of, of the rivers of gold that went through classified advertising. You know, there's the, those, those, you know, newspapers are shutting down all around the world. You know, it's, it, the, the world's made the shift. And, and this is why Facebook is such a massive, powerful company. And some controversy involved with it as well. Data mining, targeted advertising, influencing people's choices in, in big elections, electing some... Arguably well, you know, some un- unsavoury people. I ran in the election. And you saw yeah, yeah, the yeah, 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 I know. And, and, and you got nearly 5%. And, and, you, and, you, and, and it swung the, it swung the government. Mm. The Labor this got into the This is the local state election that Simon ran as an independent in, mm. in Victoria. Um, and, uh, and, and with a sort of, you know, bare bones... Uh, One interview here, yeah. running the next day, <laughs> and um, a few Instagram and Facebook posts, mm. and um, and I think four percent was a record for an independent and for someone who hadn't come from um, either side of politics, and um, and then now I, I I I can have a cup of tea with with the you know state minister. Mm. So from your point of view, this is this is what's interesting about this. You've gone through a stressful time, there's no doubt, as a single parent to have the threat of big penalties, even going to jail for contempt of court, having to pay the other side's legal fees. All this sort of stuff is, is stressful. It's not the sort of thing that anyone wants to have hanging over them. And, you know, who's going to look after your kid if you go to jail? I mean, this is a pretty fundamental question to ask yourself. So to have come out of that with the thing just resolved... And then to sort of say, okay, well, I've actually got a platform now which I can, I can influence things. I can, I can choose things that I like, that I think are important, that I'm passionate about, and back them. And continue to do what I've done. Build up those numbers. Thanks for listening. We'd love for you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you've liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.